The earth is the Lord, the fullness thereof, the people and all that dwells within it. We said that earlier as we read the responsive reading from Psalm 24. There is a biblical tradition that says that that psalm, those words and the the rest of the words in Psalm 24, that they were sung every first beginning of the week in the temple where the people gathered to worship. The people acknowledge the sovereignty of God. They acknowledge that everything in creation, God reigns and rules over all things. They worship God by inviting God to be in their midst and to remind them that everything they have, seen and unseen, belongs to God. I think it's a timely word for us in this day and in this time. Because in the world in which we live now, it's very easy sometimes to overlook the fact that God is still sovereign. That God is still reigning. Because we have been gifted with so much. We have intellect. We have the ability to reason. We have the ability to do technology and to see technology evolve in great ways. And sometimes it's easy to forget that all of those gifts come from God. It is God that gives us the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding, the ability to be able to do all that we do. Yes, we can acknowledge that God works in us and through us. But we need to be careful that we are always given praise where praise is due. Because all good things, the scripture says, come from above. Now, in this world in which we live, it is painful at times to see the expressions of evil and injustice from one human being to another. I saw it when I was on vacation in my homeland of Trinidad and Tobago. And I was greeted when I came back into the States with the atrocities of what happened in El Paso and Dayton. To know that so many people woke up on that particular day expecting to live the fullest of life and only to have to deal with grief and shock and suffering. And we don't want to dwell on those things, uh, but we have to address them. And we have to know where God is in the midst of all of these things. And I believe with the prophet Habakkuk in the 6th and 5th century before Christ, the people then were struggling with similar questions and doubts and fears because there were evil being perpetrated 
in their midst. The people saw injustices reigning upon the earth. The people at times questioned if God truly was with them. And the prophet Habakkuk, that was on his heart when he cried out to God, when he complained, God, where are you? How long will you allow injustice and evil to reign among your people, God? Why would you allow our enemies at that time, it was Assyria and Babylon, why would you allow them to inflict us? Why would you allow them to come into our midst and to have us to be taken from our land that you promised us? And the prophet Habakkuk I can relate with because years and years ago, before I even knew that God had a calling upon my life, I was crying out to God based on what I was seeing and experiencing in this world. And this little book, just three chapters, was the book that the Spirit of the Lord sent me to to read. And I will tell you that when I started in chapter 1, and I was hearing the pain of the prophet on behalf of his people, and how he was questioning God, because that was my heart. And then as I read and I heard how God responded to him, to all of his questions, and then I came to chapter 2, where God said to the prophet, write the vision on tablet that I'm about to give to you. And allow those who hear it to take it and run with it. And that is translated not just literally, because back then they had runners that would carry messages to God's people. But he's talking about to run with it, to allow it to take root in your heart, and then for you to apply it in such a way that others may hear that God is sovereign and God is merciful in the midst of destruction, in the midst of evil, in the midst of injustices. And then when I got to chapter 3, I wasn't saying the same words that the prophet said to God, but I was certainly expressing it. Because when you get to chapter 3, Habakkuk learned and he acknowledged that God is sovereign, God is faithful. And all his complaints turned to rejoicing. He started to pray and to worship and to praise God. Everything would not change, but he heard a word from God. He heard what God had in mind for God's people. How God was going to deliver God's people in God's appointed time. How God was going to change the present situations and bring forth joy and peace into the hearts of his people. But he held in his heart what God said. There is an appointed time for the vision. And we have to wait. We have to tarry 
until it comes. But how do we wait? Do we just wait and say, okay, God, I'm just sitting here waiting on you? No. We wait in faith. We wait knowing who we are and to whom we belong. We wait by growing in this faith that God has given us. We wait by serving God. And like I said to you earlier, my heart was filled when I saw the way in which this church is waiting on God. We have a vision. And I want you all to get ready because you all know every so often I drop it on you all. Because I want to know if that vision is in your heart. Huh? Y'all get ready. Get your bulletin if you don't know it. What is the vision that God has given to us? Come on. Y'all need to talk to me this morning. Don't just sit there. Y'all are waiting, but y'all need to talk to me. What is the vision that God has given to this church that is written on the bulletin and is supposed to be written in our hearts? What's the vision? Let's hear it. Let's say that one more time, like if we really believe this. And I'm going to tell y'all truth. I told y'all I am back and I'm rested. Some of you are reading this vision. Some of you don't even care to look at it. Some of you don't even want to open your mouth and speak it. And yet it is the vision divinely appointed to this church. And it's not for some, but it's for every person. All who are here, all who are yet to come, and all who God will bring into this church. And until we who are here embrace this vision with God, understand who we are and to whom we belong, and that we are truly striving to live into this vision, then we will see God and move in ways that we cannot even begin to imagine. So I started this sermon series this summer entitled Spiritual DNA, Becoming Who We Are Born to Be. I am not going to go over the first three sermons. Y'all can get that online. Y'all can go on Facebook on our webpage and click on Facebook and it will bring up all the messages in this series. But the last time I was here, I was talking about how we are to share this spiritual DNA, which is Christ's spirit, Christ's DNA within us. We talked about the fact that we are both physical in nature and spiritual in nature. We rejoiced in the fact that even though we are sinners in God's sight, God made provision for us to be redeemed by his grace. We talked about the fact that we are born again when we say and we profess faith in Jesus Christ in his life, in his death, and his resurrection. We are regened by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God in our spirit. So now we are no longer the people who we used to be, but we are called to be people 
becoming more and more like Christ Jesus. Doesn't mean that we are perfect because Lord knows I am not. But I'm going to tell you, like I've always said to you before, people must be able to see my life before I started proclaiming faith in Jesus Christ. And they need to be able to see the transforming work that God is doing in me. And they need to be able to see and to hear me say, I am trusting in God to make me into whom God has called me and created me to be. So the last Sunday I was with you, before all this good time on vacation, I told you how do we begin to share the spiritual DNA, Christ in us, uh, with the world. And I said we have to be able to share the old, old story of Jesus and his love. Not love for one person, but love for the entire world. And I talked about the details about how that love is expressed. Not love the way we understand it. If you do good to me, I'm going to love you. But if you don't do good to me, I'm not going to love you. Not that kind of love. But love according to the word of God. So today I want to continue about how do we share, you know, this spiritual DNA that we have inherited from Christ within us. And I will submit to you that we share this DNA by growing in our faith and embracing God's vision. From the moment we accept Jesus Christ, we are on a spiritual growth. We are on this growth to become more and more like Jesus Christ. We still have choice in this matter. We can choose to do it. Ah, halfway. We can choose to do it fully, immersing ourselves into it. We can choose to do it, hey, reading God's word and saying, this is what I think God should be happening. Or we can read God's word and say, Lord, help me with wisdom to understand what I'm reading and to apply it in my life. We who have Christ's DNA within us, we have a responsibility to grow in faith. And I believe this gospel reading about the sower who went out to sow seeds, Jesus is using this parable to help those who have ears to hear and those who have a desire to understand, to be able to understand the depths of the kingdom of God that he ushered in into this world. So Jesus talked about four kinds of soil. He talks about the first soil as the soil went out to, see, to sow some of the seed and he, he helps us to understand. He didn't Mince words. He helps us to understand that the seed is the word of God. And he says, as the sower goes out, some of the seed, the word of God, fell by the wayside on the path as he was walking. And those seeds didn't even have an opportunity to take root because Satan came, the evil one came and wiped away that word from what you heard. And then he says, the seed, the word of God, can fall you know, on, on rocky soil. 
And he says, even though the word, you hear the word after a while quickly, you know, because you don't have any root, the word goes away. It doesn't have the opportunity to bring forth growth within your soul. And then he says, there's another kind of soil where the seed, the word of God, it it falls among thorns. And he says, you know, they hear the word of God. Word of God. But then life happens. The cares of this world, the troubles of this world, you know, the lures of this world. They, they, they rise up and they deceive us. And then we are not able to bring forth the kind of fruit that God wants from us. But then he said, there's a kind of soil that every Christian is aspiring to get to, to cultivate within the heart that good soil, that foundation in Jesus Christ. And we seek to grow and to know about who we are and to know that no weapon formed against us can prosper because we are children of God. We can say without a shadow of a doubt, yeah, I'm going through a difficult season, but you know what? My God is with me and my God will deliver me through this. We can say my heart is broken, but God is able to mend my heart and to fix my heart. And in the meantime, I'll continue to praise God. That good soil, Jesus said in his parable, is the one who hear the word of God. Allow that word to take root within your soul. And it can only take root when we are reading the word of God, when we are studying the word of God, when we are meditating, when we are gathered together in Bible study and Sunday school. Oh, I'm going to speak some truth this morning. Because if we are not doing those things, then how can we share what God has given us in Christ Jesus within us? If we don't know what the word says, how can we speak truth? To life for people. How can we go and visit someone who is laying in a hospital bed and need to be encouraged because they're hearing all these negative things? How can we go to them and say, God is able. God is able to deliver you. God is able to heal you. God is able to encourage you and that's why I am here. How can we do that? If we don't know what's in the word and if we don't believe what's in the word, how can we go out into the world and tell people that we are the salt and light of the world? If we ourselves don't believe that, people can see quickly through us. And know if what we are saying and how we are living is truly reflecting Christ. And Jesus says when that word, when that seed, that word falls on good soil, you will bring forth fruit a hundredfold. In other words, you will hear Paul's word coming back to you. The fruit that Jesus is talking about. Is in Galatians 5.22. Love. Peace. Joy. Patience. Or long-suffering. Kindness. Goodness. 
gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. That's the fruit he's talking about. And Jesus says, it's possible for everyone who believes in me to produce that kind of fruit. We have work to do. That's why we are going through this VCI process. We are going to learn based on God's spirit working through all the people that will come into our path in this year. We will hear some things that we don't want to hear and we will hear some things and we may not accept certain things, but if we do it in faith in God, God will help us to understand where we are doing good, great work for the kingdom. And God will help us to understand where we are yet to grow so that we can produce greater fruit for the kingdom of God. Folks, this world that we live in is a fallen world. There are too many people out in the world who do not know that God loves them and that God came in the flesh and died through his son, Jesus Christ, so that they may know that they are a child of God. There are too many people living in this world under all of the evil that are being expressed and the injustices of this world. And they think that God is not real. They think that God has forgotten them. They think there is no God. Y'all know this. So what are you going to do about this? If you have Christ's spirit within you, and I believe you do because of your faith, you have a responsibility to know that gift, that spiritual DNA that has been implanted into your soul and you have an opportunity to allow it to grow day by day so that you could share it freely and joyfully with all those whom God now brings into your midst. And God will do that. You know, I laugh a little bit because I told some of the folks before I left on vacation, I said, you know, I am going on vacation and I'm putting everything away. I said, I'm going to have my magazines that I want to read. I'm going to have my headphone. I'm going to have my music. And I said, God, I love you. And I know you gave me this rest time. I said, but yet I know I'm always on call, God, with you. So how did God allow me to see his sense of humor? I got on the plane the first day, Denise. And I'm thinking, okay, cool, Freddie's by the window. I'm in the middle. There is a seat empty next to me, right? Because I looked at the plane schedule, right? And then here comes this woman. And she sat right in that empty seat. And I'm saying, oh, Lord. And she looked like she was having a miserable day. And I will, conf- I will confess to you. I looked at her and the way she was dealing with some people in the plane, I was like, oh, Lord, why did you do this to me, Really? But she sat down and then, I, I know, and as people are coming in and the plane is, is, is packed and she's leaning on me and, 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 and then she looked at me and she says, uh, excuse me, I don't mean to lean on you, but I don't like it when people touch me. And I'm saying to myself, oh, really? Really? You know? So, so I, I, you know, I, I'm still there. I'm still sitting there. I'm still saying, maybe there's an opportunity here for me to just kind of get into myself, right? 
But no, the plane pulled off. We are up in the air. And I have my headphones in and I'm chewing my gum, you know, and I have my magazine on my lap. So then she turned to me and she says, oh, I'm just not feeling good. And of course, naturally, the spiritual DNA in me just had to respond. So I said, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. You know, is there something I can do? And that opened the door for this woman to tell me all of her pain and her suffering. To tell me that her sister died that Monday, because here it is Wednesday. Her sister died in Trinidad. And she is so devastated. And she's on her way, and when she called the airline, the airline told her there was only one seat left on the plane. That wasn't true, because there were some other seats available. And she paid how much money to get it, but then I had to say, okay, Virginia, close the magazine. So I closed the magazine and proceeded to minister to this woman, because obviously she's hurting, right? And long story short, the woman asked me for my number, she lives in Conroe, as a matter of fact. So I gave her my number. And I prayed with the woman on the plane. And poor Freddie, he's just doing his own business at the corner by the window, right? And when I came back into the States last week, sure enough, the woman called. And she wanted to thank me, you know, for my ministering to her. And she told me, how things went, and she told me more problems she's dealing with. And it so happened that she attends Conroe First United Methodist Church. Huh? And she said one of these Sundays, because she depends on her children to bring her around, one of these Sundays she will come and visit St. Matthews. But she had a request for me to pray for her on a need. Why am I telling you this, folks? Because when we have the spiritual DNA of Christ within us, it is not ours to hold on to. We have to share it in season and out of season. And I won't tell you about the countless other times God interrupted my vacation while I was on the island. I was like, really, God? Really? But I did have a good time. Folks, you have something great in you. And what you have can bless other people. And it's not for you to sit on it. Even if you don't understand it, even if you don't see it fully, trust God for it. Because Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 tells us we are to trust in the Lord with all our hearts and lean not to our own understanding. In all of our ways, we are to acknowledge him, God, and he will direct our path. Are you trusting him to direct your path? Are you waiting on him, even if you can't see it? Are you believing that he loves you so much that his desire is for you to have the best in this life that you can have until you get to eternity. It's the truth. And I'm here only to tell you the truth and to share out of that spiritual DNA that I am growing into in me. 
and to know that God has work for us to do. Amen? Let us pray. Gracious God, present God, thank you. Thank you for your word, God. Write your word upon our hearts today so that we may refer to it continuously during this week. And then that we would strive to apply it in faith, God, trusting you every step of the way. And may we share, O oh God, the spiritual DNA with someone else so that they may come to know that you are the living God, the present God, and no evil have power to destroy us. All these things we give you thanks for in Jesus' name. And the people of God say together, amen, amen, and amen.